everybody, and welcome to another episode of Not Crypto Advice. My name is Russell, and I am here with my lovely, lovely co-host, Paula. How are you today, Paula? Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning. I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm a little tired, but this coffee's helping. Good. Um, what's new? Nothing. Okay. Are you just giving me the silent treatment? <laughs> no. Okay. I was thinking about what's new. I don't feel like anything's particularly new. Yeah, there's not too much new. The market's down. That's not and new. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's not new. I, well, we were thinking of topics this morning, and you actually came up to, with today's topic because you said, what'd you say? Maybe the crypto is dead. Maybe, Maybe this is it. Maybe crypto. this is the end. Yeah. Yeah. And my reaction was, that's actually a good sign. <laughs> because yeah, that's true. normally when people say that, it means that we're sort of at the bottom of, like people are experiencing full-on disbelief now. We went from a few months ago of like, this is never going to end. This is crazy. The price is always going to go up. We're all rich. We're all wealthy to now everyone's like, shit, this is over. Nobody's ever going to go near crypto again. Mm-hmm. This is the end. So I wonder how many to, people are in that stage. Probably a lot. So I wanted to, I thought that was like a really good topic because I mean, it's a valid question. Is this the end of crypto? My answer would be no. And we can go into why, but um, it's a valid question. Like, is this the end? Like, do have people lost faith in crypto? And before we started the episode, I sent you something called the Wall Street Cheat Sheet Psychology of a Market Cycle. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I got it. Yeah. So if we think about markets, they're we've talked about this before, how markets are all about psychology, right? Mm-hmm. And typically markets produce the most amount of pain for the most amount of people. That's typically how they work, right? Because they are manipulated. All markets are manipulated by the people with the most amount of money, whether it's Bitcoin or stocks or whatever. Every market is manipulated. And, and I think when we say that people are like, that's so fucked up. That's so unfair. That's so whatever. Yeah. And I understand that sentiment, but at the same time, the manipulation is sort of only seen from the side of like, it's only considered manipulation when it's seen from the side of the losing party. Sure. Right. But Cause like winning, if you, you had, it as that. yeah, if you had like a hundred million dollars, you'd be like, yeah, I'll buy on an OTC desk and then sell on the market or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. You do these things because it's not really What's that. an OTC desk over the counter, meaning okay. you're buying directly from an exchange oh, instead right. of like, you're buying, sorry, you're buying directly from like a third party yeah. and not on exchange. So it doesn't affect the price. Yeah. I remember we talked whatever. about this. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, you know, today's topic is, if I haven't said this already five times is, is Bitcoin <laughs> dead, right? So I thought this chart would be really helpful and I will link it in the description as well. So people can check out this chart. Um, but I thought maybe we could walk through it and maybe you might want to walk through it so that because you've never seen this before right i've seen this chart a million times before no i've never seen it before just today so maybe you can sort of explain to people what it shows what it says and then we can go over like what it means okay let's see i know it's like a big confusing chart but get get the basics in there so i think as far as the basic goes there's like a beginning level of 
<clears throat> I mean, I don't know if that's when it starts or, I mean, obviously it's okay. a pattern, so it, it yeah. could be the middle, the end. It seems S- like that's the end. Yeah. So let's start with this. It's a chart. Right. And on the X axis is mm-hmm. time. So as time, time price, goes on right. and on the Y axis is price. Right. right? So the mm-hmm. price over time. Um, and it's showing basically like a bar chart, like basically a crypto chart. It's not a, this is not a real chart. It's just for example purposes. Sure. No, but, it's a chart of anything. Right. It could yeah. be any, it's actually meant like this was designed for the stock market, but mm-hmm. it applies to crypto as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. So Continue. The beginning of this chart, which is what I'm saying, it might not be the actual beginning. It's right. part of a pattern. It's, it's a continuation. Like right. this is just a cutout of. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, it's walking you through the different emotions and feelings that you're going to experience as the market fluctuates. So disbelief. Yeah. Hope is the next. From hope, you go into optimism. So this is like when the price is low, people are like in disbelief. disbelief, And then the price starts coming up and there's hope. It's higher. Yep. Mm -hmm. And this is going higher still, which is optimism. Um, And continuing up is belief, uh, which is when people get fully invested or feel like it's time to get fully invested. Yep. And then they're going to experience thrill, um, buying more, telling everybody about it. And then they get to this peak of euphoria where yeah. they think, I'm a genius. We're all going to be rich. And then it starts to go down a little. And when it goes down a little, we enter a feeling of complacency where you're just kind of like accepting what is, needing to cool off for a little bit. Yeah. And then it goes down into anxiety um, because the dip is taking longer than expected. The next feeling is denial. My investments are with great companies. They will come back. So you're denying the isness of it's down. Yeah. And then you go into panic. Shit, everybody's selling. I need to get out. The next stage is capitulation. I'm getting 100% out of the market. I can't afford to lose anymore. I'm out. And the very next stage is anger. You know, you're just blaming everyone, finding out who's the who's to blame, who's the guilty one for this, the government or who. <clears throat> yeah. And then the last stage is depression. My retirement money's lost. How are you going to pay for all this new stuff? I'm an idiot. Um, that's where it begins into disbelief again. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So. I think this is a really important chart and I look at this chart frequently (coughs) and despite how clear this is laid out, it's sometimes hard to figure out where we are on this chart. Mm -hmm. Now that we are where we are, it's pretty obvious. And I want to point out something else in the top right corner. There's another like miniature graph that's just showing basically like a sine wave Mm -hmm. and it's showing the peak and the trough of a market. And this is really important. I think so. Your question that stemmed all this is, is Bitcoin dead, right? First of all, let me ask you, where on this chart do you think that comment falls? Yeah, it's interesting because I'm like now my head's spinning thinking about this. And I'll say like just really quick for myself, I feel like because I have genuinely been emotionally disengaged from the money I put on crypto. Yeah. I don't 
feel myself going through this as much part maybe, of emotions. Yeah. And part of it is because one, I refuse to be manipulated by that stuff. Yeah. When I can, I mean, it definitely gets me in many other areas, mm -hmm. but specifically when it comes to the market, the money market and all that, like, I just don't, it just does not face me in that way. Yeah. Um, but if I was to be playing the game full on and I was just like full on, full on vulnerable into the crypto market yeah, and that yeah. was my life. Emotionally right unstable. Now, right. Right now I probably would be in panic. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty, or maybe even down I in think, anger. Yeah. I think we're already yeah, way down maybe, to anger. Maybe down in anger. Yeah. I don't think we've hit depression yet. I think some people might be starting to I get there. I think it's there. starting to, but yeah. the depression phase, so I'll walk you through like sort of my take on this as well but the depression phase to me is like long and drawn out mm -hmm. and that's when people are like ah for like that's when people actually ask those questions of like i think bitcoin's dead at this point because it's been low for so long but that can draw out for a long time yeah um what i wanted to mention though about this smaller chart in the top corner and again we'll link oh, all this see. so that people can look at it it's the sine wave of just the peak in the trough it says something that's really important, I think, is that the peak, and this is, it's interesting because it's counterintuitive to psychology, right? The peak, which is euphoria when everyone thinks they're a genius and they're all going to be rich, is actually the point of most, the maximum financial at risk. Right. So investing at a time is the riskiest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Whereas the trough, when we're basically where we are now in the anger depression stage, is the max opportunity, right? You have the right. max financial opportunity at this point. So if that's you buy how, now... That's how people manipulate you, right? The big right, people or the right, big Right, because buyers. they're making everybody feel... Depressed. Depressed and keeping markets down and... Well, and, they buy and stuck up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, you know, this is supported by other market factors. It's not just manipulation, like... Sure. There's inflation, the Fed's fucking with um, interest rates, and there's war and all this other stuff, right? Which, in reality, that hasn't not ever been... There's always war going on somewhere in the world. Like, there's never been a time... I don't think there's ever been, like, a day in history where there hasn't been some war going on. At least in the past, I don't know, couple hundred years. That's sad. It's sad. It's human nature, too. <laughs> like, we've been watching a lot of the Caesar Milan thing. Yeah. The show. And I constantly find myself thinking about how he's... He finds these dogs who are sort of... They're so confused by their owners yeah. that they're going back to, like, a primal state mm -hmm. where they're seeking dominance or they're aggressive because their their pack is not supporting them. Sure. Right. And I think about that in terms of humans. And like I was watching like boxing on TV the other day and I was like, you know, there's a part of this that's so gory and like just almost degenerate. Right. There's just we're watching two people just beat the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And there, but at the same time, there's something so primal about that. Sure. Um, I don't know how this, oh, because of war. So there's always like, there's always going to be, you know, that primal urge of humans to fight and to defend themselves and whatever. Well, that's part of the reptilian brain and it's right. part of survival. It's how we stay in survival. But the important thing is that, I mean, I deal with this all the time and I'm super interested in that topic because 
at the end of the day, that is part of our biology is right. to strive for survival. The problem is that once upon a time, those instincts of primitive instincts would kick in when you see a tiger who's about to kill you and you have to right. run or fight the tiger. There's a lot of tigers in Florida, by the way. Well, right. But I'm joking. In reality, There's panthers. Yeah. But in reality... We are seeing all these stressors come our way in modern times, and yeah. we are thinking that they are tigers. And so right. everybody is in their primitive brain and their reptilian brain, and no one is developing their meditative mind where they can be neutral yeah. to a stage of euphoria or depression or all of that, you know? Yeah, you just made me think of something um, that I want to write down because I want to write an app that maybe takes this chart into account and uses like Twitter sentiment mm -hmm. to sort of rank where we are on this chart. That's cool, babe. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool app. Um, now I, I don't have to write it down. It's in the podcast. So nobody it's steal that it. idea. Right. Anyway. Copyright. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright uh, 2022 Russell. Not crypto advice. Not yet. Um, so anyway, I, you know, it's just important to see, like, when we are saying those things, like, is Bitcoin dead? I mean, there's, you haven't been in crypto as long, but mm -hmm. I constantly see these things pop up. And it's, there are a little bit of, like, reassurance built into, like, the crypto community. Like, people will repost these tweets from, <clears throat> I don't know, like, 2012 or something, where, you know, somebody wrote, man, uh, Bitcoin's at $14. I I can't wait for it to go up anymore. I'm just taking all my profit now sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what's happening now because people are like, man, Bitcoin's at $20,000. Well, listen, in 2017, right now we are at 20, the price of Bitcoin is at $20,000, right? Mm -hmm. And we were somewhere in this like anger depression phase. Right. In 2017, the end of 2017, we were at the same exact price at 20,000, we but at we were at the euphoria stage, mm -hmm. right? So that's how these cycles work because at that time, nobody was saying, oh, Bitcoin's dead. But right. when it did go down to 10,000 and then subsequently six and 3,000, that's when people were like, this shit is over. I'm out, right? right? And all of those people are the ones kicking themselves when it went up to 60K, because they're like, I fucking sold at 3000 Yeah, we know a lot right? of people that went through that. Yeah. So it's important to sort of have perspective and look back at this chart. Um, I mean, I sound like a fucking broken record. But to me, it's like almost so easy to avoid all of these triggers when you have a strategy and you follow yeah. it, like if you're it's, in it for the long term, it's you're true. in it for the long term. And if you're in it for the long term, you know that you're going to navigate through other people going through this and the news yeah. and everything, but you still are creating your own thing. And yeah. hey, maybe it'll be huge. Maybe it won't. You're detached from that experience. Yeah, But exactly. then I don't know if that's exactly how... The market thrives either. So that's just my take no, on it. it. Whoever wants well, mind, peace of mind, just go with that. So you're, from my perspective, you're absolutely correct. Because the large smart money players, the people who can manipulate markets and the people who just understand the markets better are doing what you're suggesting. They're creating strategies. They see opportunity in the market, but they're not emotional with it. Right. 
the emotional roller coaster that we're talking about right now is what most retail traders go through, right? Especially yeah. this is something that I see. I mean, the sentiment, because these, <clears throat> let me just explain to you, like the, this chart for anybody who's just listening and hasn't seen this before, it says, you know, these different things like hope, disbelief, optimism, belief, thrill, euphoria, complacency, like as you go through the chart, but there's also some text under it that says sort of like what people are saying, right? So in hope or in disbelief, they're like, this rally will fail like the others, right? Right. Because we've just been through depression, whatever. Um, Then it's like hope, a recovery is possible. Optimism, this rally is real. Belief, time to get fully invested. So I like to think about these as we're actually going through that. Like I can think about over the past two years, each of these actual instances and i do also remember euphoria and i remember i spoke with my brother at this time and i was like i don't really know right because in the moment it's very easy to see where we were in perspective Mm -hmm. right but in the moment it's hard to tell because when we were at sixty thousand, there was no there was no complacency anxiety denial panic capitulation anger depression disbelief on the chart right Right. So it's easy to say, oh, well, it feels like euphoria, but maybe we're just at belief or thrill. Right. Right. You know what this makes me think of? Hmm. Um, You know how yesterday we were at the vet's office and I was telling you about this understanding of human psychology in terms of these archetypes related to a drama triangle. Yes. So I'm just going to say that real quick because it just it's like clicking so much for me with this specific chart yeah and the whole concept of that theory is when we are acting from an unconscious space in our lives we enter what is called the drama triangle with people authority or any kind of relationship in our life including our relationship to the market or the government or money or whatever And we usually get hooked into one of three Mm, mm -hmm. characters. Yeah. So in this chart, I am seeing how we, once you enter that drama triangle, you become a dancer. Like you're dancing between the characters. So you're all three at Can you explain to people what the drama triangle is? Because uh, you need to say like the three different things. So the three, the three characters are the victim, Mm -hmm. which would fall into depression, like all of these different yeah. stages. But, I, I mean, can I can, you can read later. some of these. Who shorted yeah. the market? Why did the government allow this to happen? That's right. victim, right? All victim mentality, <clears throat> which comes from a space of resentment. Yeah, and it and comes, anger. And it comes from a space of, I did not take responsibility for myself. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm just going to go and blame everyone else. Yeah. And then there's the villain, which is the bad cop of the, you know, character of the drama triangle. And yeah. the villain is basically the the, pers- the part prosecutor. I don't know how to say that word. Prosecutor. Prosecutor. Um, he's the one who's either or she, you know, overpowering her authority. The villain is the people who are manipulating markets, the government who's raising interest rates. The Exactly. They're, yeah. they're usually standing in a space of power or a place of power and they're overusing it to put other people down yeah um i mean sometimes it can be as drastic as you know violence and and actual physical abuse but in other smaller scales it's exactly what you're saying yeah and then the third character is the savior and the hero and 
the who's the savior here's what's important though the um, satoshi the villain the villain acts from a space of deep down they actually feel like the victim okay and so they use that energy to overpower you mm-hmm. and then the hero or the savior is someone who is coming from a space of guilt or fear and then they're coming in to save the day yeah. but they're also not willing to look at their own stuff and fix their own problems. They just want to fix other people's problems, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like when I see this chart, I see even like the euphoria stage. That's like you're, you feel like this hero and this like yeah. savior of the world. And, yeah. and the thrill, you want to tell everyone about crypto. And because really, if you think about all these people that we have talked about before, who might even be now in that depression state of how can I pay for all this new stuff I bought? Yeah. Well, if you look at that consciously, you know, let's say that person now in victim stage eventually was in the savior thrill euphoria stage. Well, that was a time where you didn't look at yourself in a neutral yeah. way and in a conscious way to say, great, I'm making all this profit. I still don't need to buy all that shit. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's I don't true. know. It's just really cool. Yeah. This is a great chart. I mean, it's been used a lot in crypto and it's funny because it's it's been there since the beginning. I mean, this chart's been around for as long as I can remember. And uh it it in in retrospect, it's really easy to look at this chart and say, "Okay, this is like where we are." But in the moment, it can be very difficult. Like even right now, I think we're somewhere between capitulation, anger, and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good because that means after that is the disbelief portion where we start going back up into euphoria. But this can take a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hi, Samantha. is funny. She's like Papucci. up on the desk right now. Um, yeah, but I think if, if I were to guess, I think we're somewhere around the capitulation anger stage um, because there is still... I was watching um, Crypto Banter the other day, which is Ran Nooner and... Um, a couple other people and um, he was discussing how you know we are at I guess retail and institutional capitulation right now capitulation just means people are being forced to sell mm-hmm. um, and that happens because basically they need to pay for other stuff sure right so they have no other choice but to sell so he was talking about how you know institutions are at this stage sort of right now like we're seeing all these Celsius, Luna, Three Arrows Capital, like all of these big players in the space who have over leveraged the market. And these are supposed to be smart money as well. So you can tell like this is not just dumb money. This is not just retail traders. There's huge, huge, you know, smart, quote unquote, smart money investment funds and stuff that are getting sucked into this psychology as well. I feel like this could take us to maybe even another episode of is like the option of centralized banking for crypto really dead like is that really not a thing that should exist anymore yeah at all Well, so i think this is from my perspective i think um i don't think we even need to do another episode i think we can talk about that now man sorry um (laughs) the reason why is this tends to be what happens in crypto because crypto is very new marketplace when you think about it, right? right. Like it's been around since 
2009, but it's really that, not been a... Which, like, by the way, not to yeah. interrupt you completely, but that was exactly what my thought process when I asked this morning, is it the end of crypto? Oh. My thought process was not, oh my God, I'm depressed and in disbelief and like whatever. My thought process was, this is this shit's so new. Like maybe it was really just a fad and a trend and it's dead. Yeah. You know? No. Hey. Samantha. No biting the microphone. Um, yeah, and I get that sentiment. I don't think that's true because that is basically the same narrative that has been had for the past 10 years. And we, until we see the day when Bitcoin goes to absolute zero, I don't think that's true. Okay. I also don't think that's true for a number of reasons because we have to have some perspective of like, where we're headed as a global, like one world society, we're headed towards something that's either full government control mm-hmm. or people taking a lot of that government control back. And yeah. one of the avenues to actually do that is through things like Bitcoin, like uncensored money. Now, this is the important thing is the power of Bitcoin right now, the way that Bitcoin is used is like any other stock or commodity or any other market. And it's a shame because that's not the point of Bitcoin. The point is not to trade and make. Can you, can you say that again? I zoned out and sure. didn't hear you. So like right now, <clears throat> the way that Bitcoin is used is not how it's intended. Like it's mm. intended to be sort of censorless or yeah, censorless money, right? So it yeah. cannot be censored. Like you can use it wherever you want. You can spend it when you want, you have full control over it, right? Right. Obviously, a centralized exchange or authority takes that away. Yes. Now, most people who are playing crypto markets or in crypto markets are not here for that reason. They're not here because they want sovereignty. They are here because they want to make a quick dollar. Ah. Right? That's the thing. There's this transition that has to happen. Well, that's the thing, right? So, the point of Bitcoin was made for times like now, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't made to be something to be traded like Forex or stocks or, you know, that yeah. wasn't the original purpose. It was meant to be a so, hedge from traditional finance. Like it was meant to be now you own your crypto. Yeah. So when you put that money on a centralized exchange, you're sort of doing the counterintuitive thing. Now, granted, we've both done that. I put money sure. on Celsius. I still have money on Celsius and I... You know, I take full responsibility for that. I honestly believe in Celsius and they may prove me wrong with that too. Sure. But I hope that they do the right thing. You know, I know that they're going through issues and, and this is my point with all that is every cycle of Bitcoin has been a learning cycle. Mm -hmm. It's a learning curve. You can think about it that way, right? Yeah. Every single time. I mean, this, this exact cycle has played out at least three or four times now in crypto. Mm -hmm. And every single time that it's played out, we have learned and grown from it as like a community, right? In 2017, this cycle happened because of ICOs, right? Before that, and I don't know when Mt. Gox happened, I forget, but when Mt. Gox was like a huge Japanese exchange that got hacked and... Sort of the same thing with Celsius. All of these people's funds got like, I mean, they still are trying to unwind everything that happened with that. Did they recover? Not entirely. No. Okay. So each time 
we have this big like what we call a blow off top or like where there's a huge spike, this euphoria and something collapses, something breaks in the system, in the community. And that's our opportunity when the market comes down to fix those things and to weed out the shit that didn't work. So it, it would not be surprising to me that over the next, however long we're in this sort of like bear market or whatever, we see a lot of, I mean, we're already seeing it. Like we're weeding out these companies because even, and and also let me mention this too. Like it's not just Celsius at all. Oh no. BlockFi, Three Arrows Capital, all these huge, like huge companies. BlockFi is massive, is getting bailed out by FTX because they're like, there's, they're, um, I forget the name of it, but whatever. They're underwater, basically. So the point of all that is that in these times, we, like the market itself, weeds out these things. And the next time that we have a bull run and people are like, oh, you know, yield is going to be like dead, basically. Unless unless there's probably going to be companies that come out that have, you know, some sort of provable security where you can earn yield, but hold your own keys or whatever it is, right? I think that's uh, just to... Yeah. add to that i think that that's part of um the power of using those stages in the psychology of the chart that we just went through and yeah. using some creativity where such a sophisticated technology is no longer dumbed down to yeah. the level where it sounds like we have done that you know we've dumbed down a very advanced sophisticated technology and it sounds like those who have the guts and what it takes to use the anger, the depression, the disbelief and all of that and channel it wisely, they could potentially create more beautiful things in the crypto industry. Yeah. I think that's to <clears throat> exactly. me what it feels yeah. exciting is And that's 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 when you really see the real market players. Cause what's happening exactly. right now this is what people are not focusing on. So if you go on crypto Twitter or whatever, if you go on Twitter and you read what's going on, it's just hate and anger. That's all. And you. that's why I was saying it would be cool to do that app. That because app, yeah. the sentiment on Twitter absolutely reflects this like 100%. Right now, it's just people pointing fingers and spitting fire at each other. That's it. That's all that's going on. I mean, isn't that what Twitter is about all the time? No. Like when <laughs> when we were in the euphoria state, it was oh, all people like, right. this is never going down. A hundred, remember? Like yeah, laser yeah. eyes, diamond hands, everybody. Oh, dim- where's all the fucking diamond hands now? Where's Elon Musk yeah. saying these days? Dude, I just saw this tweet. <laughs> I saw this tweet yesterday and it was like somebody was like, and just like that, Elon Musk stopped Gone. tweeting. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't tweeted in like seven uh, days. Did he fucking buy Twitter and shit? Yeah. 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 Oh God. So anyway, uh, but but what we're not seeing right now is that in these times of anger, depression, disbelief, when the market's down, there are people working silently. Yeah. And those people, when the market comes back, they shit on all these other projects because they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you just started your yeah. whatever the fuck meme token yesterday. Well, we've been working behind the scenes while you all were scared as shit, and we built a whole. Because, like, listen, like, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg is still out there creating VR headsets and building out the metaverse right now. He's taking this in stride because now he's like, there's not as much competition. The competition just weeded itself out, right? 
all the competition got scared and ran away from the markets. He's got billions of dollars behind him. You better believe he's not he's not like, oh fuck this, crypto's dead. He does not believe that. He no, changed his going. company to the name Meta. Yeah. Right? Now, think about this for a second. So weird. Think about this just for one second, okay? <laughs> as many as many people as there are in the world who use Facebook. Mm-hmm. How many of those people have any control over where Facebook is going in terms of like company or any zero, right? Zero. There's millions of people who use Facebook, but not a single one of them has any say in, in the future of Facebook. Mm -hmm. Now I know that Facebook has lost some people in the past few years over privacy and whatever, but there's still a shitload of people using Facebook. Over censorship. They've lost a lot of people. Yeah. So my question is this. Do you think that Mark Zuckerberg, obviously he's not just quitting on VR. Meta. I mean, he just released like this whole thing about um, they're making these VR headsets for the metaverse mm-hmm. and they're in prototype phase. He's saying like these are going to be out in the next few years. Yeah. Right. Now. He's not quitting. Right. The retail is quitting. He's not. But who decides these things? Who who are the manipulators? Who are the people who play with this market structure, this cycle that we're talking about? They're big players like Mark Zuckerberg. Like when he wants to and he's ready to, he's going to push the shit out of the metaverse. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He's just been dancing with it. So that to me is really the next evolution. To me, the next market cycle will happen with metaverse and gaming. Mm. That's sad. it. <laughs> it's not sad. Well, no, I'm, well, I'm know, just take it for whatever, whatever think, it is. But I mean, to me, that's that's also part of the the natural cycles of life and the natural cycles yeah. of Mother Nature. Like, there's a reason why they call it a bear market. Like, it's a hibernating stage. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a time to go into your cave and feel warm and nurture your ideas and yeah. gain your whatever your rest, your whatever it is that bears do. Yeah. And then you come out super strong and deal with the world and hunt and hustle and like do whatever it is that you need to do with that much more motivation. And then that's just a natural part of, of the, of the nature, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's what those people are doing in a way or another too. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't think to answer your question, just again, like I don't think Bitcoin's going away. Like, is it over? Like, I don't think it's going away. I think we're just weeding out a bunch of the riffraff, the stuff that doesn't matter and the stuff that just brings the whole community down in reality because it's fluff and it's bullshit and speculative and we need that over, you know, when will this change? I think, you know, we're definitely in this sort of capitulation anger stage right now. I think we have probably another six months to a year of just depression before we start seeing markets come back a little bit. Mm, that would suck. Um, yeah. Huh? I think, I think you that's say a, that would suck. No, I said oh. that would sound realistic. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. You can keep going. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be a little bit for that, but who knows? We could, you know, Again, it's very hard to determine until the market moves because the reality is we could be, you see how like, I don't know if you're looking at that chart anymore, but there's a big dip after euphoria and then complacency. We could still be there. 
Oh right, that is a big dip, and it doesn't say anything. That's just you're in the you're in the it's, wormhole. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do, I wouldn't say that we're probably there. Like, um, no, you know, we're probably down towards capitulation, whatever. But it's possible, right? It's we're actually at right now. Bitcoin is at one of the strongest support lines that it's had in its entire history, which is the two hundred day moving average. Yeah, if we break below that, it's basically. I mean, we are below that, which is normal. Like we usually dip below that and come back up. But if we stay below that for a long time, that could be very bad for crypto markets. Um, if we stay below where? The 200-day moving average. Okay. Um, which is just like an average of the price over the past 200 days. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's like a very strong support line for Bitcoin. And we're under it right now, which typically that happens in the at the like bottom of a bear market at the bottom so there's something here also in that smaller um chart up in the top corner that you know compares um i mean i love that it talks about recovery and prosperity yeah so what it's hold on and then there's peak and trough that's how you say that trough yeah well that's weird but anyways there's this like contraction and expansion time yes can you talk about that yeah so basically the contractions expansion refer to the contraction of the market and expansion of the market i believe so basically if you notice too so this again i would recommend looking at this chart if you have it in front of you but um if you look at this chart you're seeing really two sine waves right you have like the start of a sine wave at the bottom, it comes all the way up to the peak, goes all the way down to the trough. And then if you notice, the next one is actually a little bit higher than the first one. The peak of the second one is higher than the first one. You see that? Yeah. So the first peak, just to clarify, also since we're on audio, is yeah. what they what they refer to as the point of maximum financial risk. Yeah. So that's okay. So think about it like this is a so this is showing you like a longer view of and it, it's obviously a smoothed out version of this, right? Mm-hmm. But it's showing you a longer view because the market goes in, in cycles over and over and over. But mm-hmm. what the point is, the first peak is like now, right? So let's say we get to that first peak, it's at 60,000, 70,000. Now the trough is, let's say, 20,000, where we are now. Okay. Which is also what they're saying point of maximum financial opportunity right so if you buy now you have the max opportunity to profit if you right. bought at 69000 you have the least the opportunity risk. to profit right? right and the market is contracting mm-hmm. right now it's it's shrinking so that's yes. the contraction yes now we're at the bottom or let's say we're close to the bottom mm-hmm. and then we start the opposite right so now yes. the market starts expanding there's more people coming into the market because they've seen the price okay the price stabilized at 20,000 or it dropped to 10,000 or whatever and it's stabilized yeah. there and now people are like have a little bit of confidence in this yeah and that's what i mean that from that space of the beginning of or like towards the middle or the end of the contraction. Yeah. I guess what they're saying here is it's you're entering almost like the stage of recovery. So I'll explain that. Okay. Yeah. So let me explain it without cutting me off because that's important. Okay. Okay. So once we're at the trough, we start expansion, right? Which means the people are coming into the markets, right? Right. Now you have to look at, this is the important part. And this is what I was trying to explain before. So the first peak 
is lower than the second peak. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the recovery is the time from the trough, the bottom, mm-hmm. to the where the first peak was. Right. That's recovery because we're recovering to, if you had bought at 69000 that's all recovery back up to where you started. Right. But that second peak is higher than the first peak. So the if you notice, the second little portion is prosperity. And right. that's what they're saying by that is Got it. it takes you all the way down the bottom and all the way back up to where the peak was to recover how much money you invested. And then you get the prosperity at the end after that. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know. I think right now we're probably at, you know, anger, disbelief, close to the bottom, if not at the bottom, it might like dip a little bit more. And I think it's just time for people to get back into the crypto markets. Honestly, it's so typically there's a long period of anger, depression, disbelief. I'm hopeful. I don't know for sure. I'm hopeful that because of this sort of mass adoption we're getting and the macroeconomic factors, like people being forced into using CBDCs or just markets generally sucking because of, you know, large players and governments and whatever. I'm I'm thinking that this depression, anger, disbelief phase may be shorter because, yes, there's a, a lot of people who are probably thinking what you are right now, which is, is crypto dead, is Bitcoin dead? Right. But I'd be willing to bet that if, if somehow there was a overnight sort of jump in crypto where all of a sudden we went back up to 30 like 30,000 or whatever I'd be willing to bet that a lot of people would jump back into crypto yeah but doesn't that defeat the whole purpose long term like I almost feel like I would rather people actually fully feel their anger and their depression yeah than try to bypass it because they're so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that their stupidity kicks in and then they're going to just do even more stupid things to play the game and then maybe pump yeah. it up again. But then long term, it's going to crash even further because the stupid people are still playing. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, that sounds super so, hateful, but it, no, just, I, let me make a more hateful comment. So no, yours doesn't no, no, sound no. as bad. <laughs> is, uh, my my <laughs> thought on that is everyone is stupid. We're all stupid. People don't know. Like, I'm talking about everybody in the whole world. We're all like... That sounds so mean. Like It's I've, not, though, because yeah. we all have... There, there is in... Built into humans is this thing where we all believe that we are the smartest person in the room. Right. And we're I mean, not. I never believe that, but yeah. I mean, to some extent, in whatever capacity you can, right? You may be the smartest person in terms of spirituality or... Like, far... In this that. room, I'm more spiritual than you. Samantha's got it, babe. Whatever. <laughs> she, she's the best at sniffing farts. Anyway, I mean, whatever. Like I, my, I think like my uh, point with that is just that, um, yeah, people people are reckless, and that's never going to go away. My the reason I think it might be shorter is because I think we're getting to the point where there's more mass adoption. It's not as fringe. It's not as taboo. There's a lot of people now, granted, there's a lot of people who have a bad taste in their mouth because they just got into crypto and got fucking wrecked. Yeah. But those people are also the people who become the biggest advocates for crypto because they go through this emotional roller coaster and they come out on top if they stick with it. Yeah. I think that's, that's it right there. It's, 
the sticking with it part that I meant when I'm less hateful and less judgmental (laughs) by stupidity, right? It's not about actual stupidity. Like that's not what I meant at all. And I mean, no disrespect to anyone who's willing to play the game because it does take, you know, whatever it takes courage. It takes boredom. I don't know why people play. There's multiple reasons why people enter the crypto market. Not everybody's in it for financial sovereignty. Not everybody's in it for believing the technology. Some people are just doing it for fad or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I guess what I mean is I would feel more sure of the cycle being steadier and just the foundation of it being stronger if people don't just rush out of the discomfort of anger and and depression, because I feel like it is in those dark stages at the very bottom that feeling that discomfort makes room for so much potential. That's long-term potential. Yeah. And like, I know I learned my lesson for real with even Celsius and like no hate on them or anything, but I am not putting my money back in those places Again, yeah. Like I now know that I will yeah. not play with so that anymore. Here's the thing, though, and this is this is the hard part about crypto is uh, any market really is mm-hmm. it's easy to say I'm never putting my money back in Celsius or whatever, and yeah. that's that's fine. I you know I'm agreeable to that. I think if Celsius comes out on top of this, like they'll have more credibility than they ever did before. Sure, because I they're willing that. to work through, I'm like still you said. Money out, but yeah, yeah, and a lot of people will, yeah. right? Um, but and also, you know, if and when Celsius does make it out of here, they're not going to just be like, "All right, we're Celsius again." They're going to change a lot of shit. Like they're going to be, sure. you know, there's going to be different. And this is my point of it's good to have these sort of bear market stages because we get stuck in these psychologies of like, it's always going up and nothing will ever happen, whatever. And like in reality, Celsius had a very good sort of like liquidity um, fundamentals in terms of like how much, how much of their investor money they're, you know, putting in giving to other people as loans Mm -hmm. and how much they're keeping on hand. The problem is that they didn't expect for Luna to go you know, to absolute like Luna, Terra Luna to like absolutely go from a <laughs> uh, hundred to zero in a day. Right. I mean, nobody thought, that. I mean, I guess some people did. Some people did. Um, and the problem is like, they're not insolvent. It's the other parties that they have loaned money to are now not able to pay them back. Celsius you're talking about. Yeah. Celsius, Celsius, basically the way that they produce yield or interest for people is by loaning out your money to sure. other people who use it to trade with now they're broke and now they don't have the money so i don't think whatever happens with celsius this is a learning opportunity for everybody in crypto to not it's not necessarily about because here's the thing crypto is all about decentralization i'm all about that i think that's why ethereum has a really good chance of like blowing the fuck up Mm. like in a good way i mean yeah um and but at the same time, these centralized platforms are pretty important, right? Because they're a way that people are able to freely trade this stuff very easily, very quickly. Um, and they can be on ramps and stuff for it's crypto practical. as well. practical. I mean, yeah. it's so practical. Like, I love so, the feeling of just going on an app and doing it. Yes. Yeah, so versus he, the cold wallet experience, which feels like you're in 
some kind the matrix of matrix like, or something. Yeah, right? it's like yeah. so weird. Yeah. So, but long term, and that's the thing. It's all trade offs, and yeah. and what I think is going to happen is a lot of these companies are going to learn from this, and maybe they won't, maybe they won't, but um, a lot of them I think are going to learn from this and say, okay, we need to be some sort of hybrid between CFI centralized finance and DeFi decentralized finance because people don't have faith in us. The people who are around last time are not going to just put money on these platforms. And this happens all the time too. I mean, that's yet to exist. That's as far as I know, somewhat yet. I mean, yes, it's yet to exist in a practical form that people can use. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure there's people already building stuff out like this, but or at least claiming it. That's the thing. It's that they right. might claim it, but is it actually? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are, again, there's also like staking protocols, right? Where you can earn yield by doing other things where you still have your keys. Like, for example, you can enter a liquidity pool where you're adding liquidity to like a trading pair mm-hmm. and you can earn yield from that. Sort of like, how Celsius works, mm-hmm. except they're doing loans instead of yield farming. But there's dangers in that as well. You still sure. can own your own keys and you can withdraw your money at any time, but you're also sort of stuck with both of these trading pairs and there's there's always a risk involved, yeah. right? So I think what's yeah. going to happen is, you know, obviously this is a concern of consumers now, of people in these markets is they don't want to put money on platforms where they don't own their keys Mm -hmm. there's still tons of people who are doing it all day binance still has tons of people trading fdx still has tons of people trading Mm -hmm. celsius coinbase Coinbase, celsius still has a ton of people who are diehard and are actually this is this to me is a little bit crazy but you know power to these people so right now there's like a sell short squeeze going on where a lot of people have shorted celsius Mm-hmm. on FTX for obvious reasons. Um, and what people are doing is they're buying up Celsius off of FTX and then moving it either to cold wallets where nobody can get to it or Back selling... up a bit. Okay. They're buying Celsius the coin. Yeah, right? so there's sell token. Right. Right. And basically, when all this stuff happened and more or less there was like, allegedly, let me just say, allegedly for all of this because I don't have all the facts, but allegedly there were people attacking Celsius Network. And at the same time, a ton of people shorting sell token on FTX. Mm-hmm. Because it, ultimately, there's it doesn't, I guess, matter too much, but like sell token is a reflection of the company's health. That's what I was getting at. Okay, yeah. got it. So all these people are shorting sell token. In other words, what shorting means is instead of when you when you long something, you are expecting it to go up. So you buy the actual thing. So you buy sell token, right? And you wait for it to go up and then you sell it. Right. Okay. Shorting is the opposite. So you sell, you're fictitiously selling shares, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's a little bit complex, but essentially think about this. You're selling like fake shares of Celsius mm-hmm. and you're going to buy them back later. Okay. Okay. Weird. Yeah. So 
think about it this way. So if you're selling them, this is, if you're shorting something, you're expecting the price to go down. So let's say the price of sell token, it's not this right now, but let's say the price was hypothetically $100 mm-hmm. and you bought a sell token and or you're shorting a sell token. So you sell a token that you don't even have, mm-hmm. expecting it to go down and then and you do this through like a brokerage or a centralized platform. You can't just do this on your own because sure. you can't sell something you don't have, mm-hmm. right? But you're basically selling FTX a token for, let's say, $100, expecting the, the price to go down to $75, and you buy it back at 75 and you made a $25 profit. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So what happened is when there was this alleged attack on Celsius, all of a sudden a fuckload of shorts opened on FTX, exclusively on FTX, nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Also, FTX is the company that's buying up and bailing out all of these crypto projects that are underwater on the cheap. So it's it's there's a very obvious motivation there, right? Allegedly. Um, anyway, so all these people were sh- are shorting FTX or shorting sell token on FTX, right? Which means they've sold token that they don't even have, right? Now, in order to, when you do that, you have a liquidation level. Like you can sell this token, but then like at a certain point, you have to pay, you have to give the token back. Like if the price goes down or goes up from there too much, you have to buy that and get out of that trade. So like- That is so weird. Yeah, so if you're, let's say, for example, you're shorting sell token, it's at $100, you're shorting it, expecting it to go down to 75, but it goes up to 150. Now you're fucked because you have to, buy that token back. So you're losing $50. Sure. Right? So now, it's very risky. Yeah. So here's what's happening right now with that sell short squeeze is their sell token is not, there's not a lot of it out there. It's a very liquid, illiquid token. Mm-hmm. On top of that, Celsius has locked all accounts. Right. Which have most of the Celsius token is on Celsius. Right, So people can't even access this token at all. Yeah. And so what's happening is there's a bunch of short sellers on FTX who are trying to short sell token, but they're getting wrecked because the price is going up. Yeah. Right? People are buying up as much sell token as they can, and they're taking it off FTX so that these people can't even cover their shorts. They can't even buy the token that's on FTX to cover their shorts. Right. And on top of that, so there's not there. These people are sort of locked in these positions too, and are getting liquidated because, like, they just there's no sell token to buy. But what other people are doing is they're buying sell token off FTX. They're buying it on FTX, moving it off of FTX, and either putting it in cold storage so it's just not available, or they're listing it on other exchanges like Uniswap or anything else for way more than it is mm-hmm. for like a hundred dollars so that these short sellers, they're going to go to Uniswap to try to buy sell token to cover their shorts. But now they're faced with hundred dollar sell token instead of a dollar. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's the exact opposite of actually what just happened to, to collapse the market is all these people were leveraged super long with crazy leverage that they should have never been using. Mm-hmm you know, institutional investors who are like 100x leveraging. And then 
you know, all these big players started shorting Bitcoin or selling Bitcoin and they just got wrecked. So the opposite is happening now. Crazy, right? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, half of it went over my head. Yeah. But the other half sounds insane. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But that's but it, the market. So too. my question with that really quick, though, is how is that benefiting Celsius or affecting it even more based on where they are at right now? So the main thing from my understanding now, again, there's not a lot of information about what's sure. going on with Celsius behind the scenes. Yeah. But from my understanding, the issue is not that Celsius is insolvent. It's that they're illiquid. So a lot of mm-hmm. their deposits, their, their, you know, a lot of the deposits made by you and me and everybody else who's ever put money on Celsius is invested in, is given out to, as loans to these other companies that are now defaulting on them. Right. So the question is really, and and the other thing too is like, we don't know how much of what token or whatever has been loaned out to what companies and yeah. what status they're in. Because that's all like- Think people are still putting money into Celsius? Nah. Well, there's a, there are people who are, and this is what I was getting at before. I forgot to say this. So there okay. are people who are buying Celsius off of FTX and putting it on their cell account. Because uh-huh. de- you can still deposit you anything can, you want right? on yeah, Celsius. You just can't get it back. That sounds crazy. Yeah. So, but that's true believers. Like that's, <laughs> that's a community. I, guess so. yeah, I mean, I guess so. to, for, for like, you know, in the end of it, sure. the reality is this. Alex Mashinsky and the team at Celsius has put in years, years. Like they've been around since last, since 2017, I believe. Sure. They put in years of work building a community and that's paying off now because their community is supporting them. The community is actually buying up tokens from a company that hasn't said anything since like June 12th. They haven't outwardly said like literally anything. That's weird. It's not. It's community, right? Because if FTX did that, guarantee FTX, if this happened to FTX, it would be gone tomorrow because there's no community building. They just advertise a lot. Right. But no, I mean, it's very rare that you're going to get the CEO of one of these centralized companies doing AMAs every week. Now, say what you want about that. Maybe that's part of the whole scam or whatever, but I don't think so. I don't think, you know, this dude who is very open about, you know, his business dealings, his family, all this stuff is scamming people. We send him prayers. Yeah. I, I think honestly, he's probably pulling his hair out right now because <laughs> you think, well, obviously he is, <laughs> but, but I think it's because, you know, he's ultimately tried to work in the best interest of the community and he's getting screwed over because he did that because sure. he pulled out of Luna early. No, because in the interest he was of, smart. Yeah, exactly. And now the, you know, this is, this is markets. They are, they are sharks, right? And they're coming for blood. That's business too. Yeah. So, but also I have faith in the fact that he is smart and he's a businessman and he understands like what's going on. He, the options are limited and they're shitty, but in the end, the best thing probably is to just lock accounts as long as you can and just wait out the market. Yeah. That's a long time, but it's, I mean, when we start getting back into hope, optimism, belief, thrill, and euphoria. I'm genuinely curious to see what's that going to be. Because this is the thing too, right? 
also curious we're, to see we're, my money again. <laughs> here's the thing though, right? We're in this anger stage. Yeah. And everybody wants to point a finger and say, oh, it's Celsius, it's Alex, sure, it's whatever, sure. right? That's just when we're is. in the euphoria stage, people forget about all this shit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like people, when we were in euphoria, people forgot about how they got absolutely wrecked Sure. with ICOs. And like, I remember talking to people who were, you know, trying to pay me in token. And I was like, explain to them how we don't want token. I want Ethereum or Bitcoin. That's the currencies I accept because I know that when markets go down, yeah, everything gets wrecked, but the tokens are the ones that don't come back usually. Sure. Right. So yeah, everything's down like 75%. That's fucking sucks. Even ETH and Bitcoin are, but the tokens are down like a hundred percent and a lot of them aren't coming back. Dead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so but in that euphoria, too. yeah, in that euphoria, people are like, it's never going down. That's never going to sure, happen. Sure. You know, like that's stupid. You could make so much money. I'm like, yeah, you could, but you theoretically also could, not. could, but you also could not. So, yeah. all right. Well, I think that was pretty good. Are we done? That was an hour episode. Yeah. Yeah. You feel Crazy. better? I feel a little better. I might make a video today. Yay. See, motivation, baby. Motivation, yeah. Stay motivated. Don't let the anger and the depression take you down. Yeah, we'll link this below. Definitely check it out. Like, look at the chart. Mm -hmm. Give yourself some perspective and understand that this is fleeting. Just how euphoria is fleeting, so is anger. Take a breath and get out of the drama triangle. Yeah. You are not a victim. No one's going to save you. And there's no villain. Yeah. And if you're really angry, I suggest getting a punching bag. And punching it. Yeah. Or and then can, yeah. do that while we're in the anger stage. And then depression, get a nice bed and a comforter. No, you got to move through the depression. <laughs> know, That's I'm where joking. you actually have to move. Yeah. It's ultimately my advice is this. Just like you said, remember your strategy. Don't worry about the money. You will survive. This shit sucks, but... If you work through it, you will be way better in the next euphoria stage. Mm-hmm. And that's what your goal and is to I look think, forward to that. I think one thing real quick just to end is that there's also fake euphoria and then there's genuine bliss. Yeah. And that's a very different thing. Yeah. So when I think of the word prosperity after the recovery phase, then I think of bliss and like genuine joy as opposed to fake euphoria. Yeah. I think that's my goal is to be in that space of real prosperity and real wealth. Yeah. That is long. Well, and also I think it's good perspective to remember that prosperity doesn't just mean money. No, like you can, you can be poor as shit. In fact, the happiest people in the world are generally the poorest people because, and that's what I mean by prosperity is they have true prosperity in that, they they enjoy their life. They're not stuck staring at a chart on a computer screen wondering if that determines who they are as a human being. Like they yeah. know who they are. They enjoy the things that they enjoy and just go out and do the things that you enjoy. Don't worry about the markets. They're going to go down. They're going to go up. They're going to go sideways. But in the end, you are awesome. Like you are. The person listening to this, you are awesome. And you need to go out and just do you. And don't worry about the market and the anger and the depression all that shit. Something that my teacher always used to say, um, and I always remind my students of this, especially when we do our 40-day prosperity challenges, mm-hmm. 
which is abundance is your birthright. Yeah. It's not something that you get lucky about or you just like out of nowhere or out of faith get yeah. abundance. That is your birthright. And there's so yeah. many different ways to be abundant and prosperous. And it's not just crypto and it's not just money. Yeah. It's part of who you are and what you give to the world is the same thing you receive back. So yeah, I think it's a good time to remind us of that. Yeah. It's a good time to give to the world too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go work out. Okay. Oh, at the gym? Uh, or okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love how you got motivated. You got super motivated and super unmotivated in the matter of I just don't like going seconds. to the gym. I don't know what it is. The energy of those places. I just, I, I like know. I like the garage. gym because I feel like the energy of other people working out makes me want to work out more. I don't know. Okay. It's the opposite for me. Like I love working out in the garage, but the gym is just like. All right, let's go to the gym. All right. We're going to go to the gym, everybody. Um, thank you all for listening again to another episode of Not Crypto Advice. My name's Russell. That's Paula. Like, subscribe, share, do all the things. I can't even talk. Um, yeah. Check us out on Twitter as well. I'm going to start posting more stuff there. It's uh, N- at NCA Podcast for Not Crypto Advice Podcast. Oh, cool. Yay. Because Not Crypto Advice was already taken somehow what don't follow them nca nca podcast podcast that's and yeah let us know what you think about the show some topics that you'd like us to talk about um maybe you can partake in some of the twitter craziness that's going on right now the hate and the anger and all that and um or Or don't don't. how about you share something different share something good about the world Yeah. yeah anyway we love you guys um keep it real and we'll see you on thursday yes Yeah, today's Tuesday, right? Yeah. We'll see you on Thursday. (laughs) See ya.